the Tales, Tunes, and Tomfoolery, starring Jerry Springer with Gene Galvin and me, I am Maria Corelli. We are recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience here in Folk School Coffee Parlor of Ludlow, Kentucky. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here he is, Judge Jerry Springer. Oh, please, please. Thank you. Thank you. We're here in the bunker, and the bunker has never been larger. That's right. It stretches from Sarasota, Florida, to Ludlow, Kentucky. Yes. To Australia. Australia, because tonight, (laughs) by the way, we have Casey Campbell with us, and he's going to do a tune for us later on, and we appreciate that. Jerry's going to give a, a thought from home again. Those have been wonderful. But tonight we launch the Jerry Springer Podcast Listener of the Month. And so we want to <laughs> welcome to our listeners the first. And th- this is like the biggest, baddest uh, spot to be in, the great spot to be the first listener of the month from the Gulf Coast, Queensland, Australia, northeast part of Australia. Let's welcome Jason Comins. Hello. And uh, Jason was selected from, I don't know, thousands, maybe millions. I know it was thousands, hundreds of thousands of submissions. And I. (laughs) (laughs) I think Jerry's calling uh, bullshit. (laughs) Yes, I think. Uh, Jay, I mean, I don't want to put Gene on the spot and say yes. how many uh, you, how many people you beat out, Jason. <laughs> but there is the possibility that you were the only one. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 that's not. <laughs> that's not true. There were there were some others. Oh were no, there, there were any, plenty. Were there any from America? Oh, definitely. Definitely. And oh, Jason. Well, congratulations, Jason. Yes. I don't mean to be <laughs> well, thank you, your award. <laughs> thank you. And, and Jason, we want to ask you some uh, things about yourself and about Australia, but I, we should share with our listeners because, Jason, you were part of this. Yep. So before the show starts, we're all connected, you know, using a virtual program and we're all looking at each other in these boxes. And so just to make small talk, I said to Jason, uh, Hey, what's the weather like there today? What's the temperature? And he says uh, 20 degrees Celsius. Well, then for the next 10 minutes, Jerry Springer, Gene Galvin, and Casey Campbell are like trying to figure out what that means. What is that? We don't know what that means. We're Americans. We're Americans. So what to say? Yeah, say that again. Casey. I said Celsius. We don't what's speak. that? <laughs> yeah. And so everybody's doing math. Like I'm an English major, so I stayed out of it. I'm not supposed to know that stuff. It wouldn't even be good for me to know like that digital and all that. I don't know any of that stuff. So we figured out it's about 68 degrees. Then we asked him what the No, is. it's not. It's about 88 <laughs> degrees. Oh, 20 degrees Celsius is about 60. 20 degrees Celsius is about 87, 88 degrees. <laughs> it's about seven. No, <laughs> it's about 70 degrees. 30 degrees Celsius is about 87 degrees. I thought that's what you said. 20. Oh, 20. No, right. And it's 35 plus 32. It's about 67, 68 degrees. Guilty. Guilty. (laughs) Listeners, listeners, it gets worse. Then we ask him, what day is it? It's not even the same day as us. And then we can't figure that out. He's he's like out in the future. He's in a... 
Hi, hey, man. Jason, tell us about tell us about Jason Cummins. What do you do for a living? What do you do for fun? You know, give us a little bit about yourself. All right, I am married, got two two beautiful little boys, um, and right. I am an excavator operator. So I'm currently on a job site, having a lunch break, oh. talking to you guys all the way on the other side of the world. Nice. And yeah, I've taken a break and basically I'm working with some plumbers um, and my boss. Okay. Thank you very much for accurate cooperation. He's given me some time to come and spend with you guys. Wonderful. Um, and I've, I'm laying, uh, digging trenches and laying pipe and yeah, doing everything you can do with an excavator. Moment. Sounds great. Are you... Uh... Uh, now I haven't, Jerry Springer. Hey, you have been to Australia, haven't you? Yes, but I have been to uh, uh, Sydney. Uh, most of the time, I've been have been to Sydney and uh, doing television there, and uh, it's and, and and along the southern coast of Australia. I right, well, spent several months there over several year periods, and. Uh, it's just beautiful. I mean, it's, it sounds like a cliche, but uh, gosh, it is just, it's gorgeous. And, and the people are incredibly friendly. There, it, it's not, this may not be a compliment, but particularly when you're in Sydney, it's like you're in Seattle, Washington. In other words, yeah. you don't get the feeling oh. that like when you go to Europe, for Americans, you feel like you're in a foreign country. When you're right. in Australia, but for the accent, you don't sense that you're in a totally different culture. Oh. Because it's more modern uh, than, let's say, the it doesn't have the antiquity that Europe has. Do you agree with that, Jason? Yeah. Yeah. Look, the, the capital cities are definitely a lot more populated. So Sydney is yes. that's the pretty mm -hmm. much the biggest city. Um, then you've got Melbourne. They're quite big as well. And up here in Queensland. Um, so my capital city is Brisbane, which is about okay. oh, 80 kilometers north of me. Um, and that's, it's, it's a little bit more spread out. We don't have as many high rise buildings. Um, and I'm on the border of New South Wales. So on the Gold Coast. So we've got a lot of surfing and a lot of fun activities we do. Wait, wait, oh, right I, I wanted to ask you about that. And by the way, all kidding aside, we're very appreciative you're a listener down there. We're very appreciative. I love listening. And any, yep. But you talk to, if you tell others, it's just great fun. Yep. And it's the wonderful thing about podcasting is that it's truly international because it's just, you know, uh, cellular technology, digital stuff. It's fantastic. Are you a surfer yourself? Did you do that coming up as a kid? I grew up either body surfing or body boarding. So I never really took up okay. the stand-up board. Uh, my dad did yeah. that. Okay. So my brother and I did a lot of bodyboarding. And I just love the feeling of, yeah. So I love the feeling of body surfing because you can feel the water yeah. rushing across you. And it's just a lot gotcha. of fun. Yeah, Jerry lives in uh, Florida. <laughs> and he is also a body surfer. He's on the coast I once, of Florida. I once fell in the bath. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and that yeah, that's as close as I've come. I, I'm not real good in the water. Uh, I'm not real good in the water, but just I mean, honestly, you you go to Australia, and uh, particularly then if you go into the you know into the center part of the country, the continent, it's yep. just it's with that part is a whole new world that that we don't appreciate at all here in the states, even though there are obviously rural and country areas, 
but Australia is, um, and it's huge. It's just yeah. huge. Well, yeah. yeah. It's I the only love... country in the world that's all, also a continent, yep. right? Exactly. Correct. I would love to go to Australia. I've never been there, and uh, but I've uh, and I'm a, a a sailor, not not big open water stuff, but inland lakes and uh, and I know that sailing is big in Australia and in New Zealand, and the America Cup has been down there and yep. that part of the world many times. You guys have won it uh, as New Zealand has, and probably Australia's yep. won it over the years. So uh, hey, one last question. We're gonna let you get back to work and. Uh, uh, we're going to, I think you sent me a photo yes. and I'm going to, we're going to put you on our website. I've been talking to our web person about that. Um, and we are going to have some fun with this listener of the month. Yep. So you're going to see yourself there profiled and others will follow <laughs> you. I wanted to ask you something though. Uh, COVID-19 is of course an international situation, horrible one. So we know what we're facing in America and frankly, it's not good. Uh, Tell us, just give us your recap of what you see and know about in your country. Well, we do see a lot of what's happening in yours. That is headlining okay. the news because there's just, is it? yeah, it is, um, especially Trump. We know Jerry loves Trump. Yes. So it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, um, it is headlining the news, but in our country, um, our borders internally have been closed off. Um, they shut them down for a while. And now they're starting to reopen them. Our prime minister was on uh, on the news yesterday, um, strongly encouraging all of our premiers of our states to open the borders. So Queensland still hasn't opened our borders um, to other states. Everybody who crosses the border has to uh, self-isolate for 14 days. I'm not sure. I'm okay. not sure whether you're wow. doing that in in America across borders. In theory, in in supposed okay. to. But uh, unfortunately, uh, yeah. by the way, Jason, tell me if this is similar in Australia. Yep. America is having real trouble getting buy-in from everybody. And you could argue that it's because of our independence, independent nature of, of individual people. Yep. It's like you can't tell me what to do. And then you've got Democrats and Republicans seeing it differently. The Democrats, frankly, are, uh, I'm generalizing here, are more compliant. Uh, to the wills of the scientists and the more conservative people are more, you know, screw you and their attitude. Are you seeing that division in Australia or not? Not, not really. Not on that sort of politics like that. Yeah. Okay. I think, I think uh, we are, we've taken more of an, our government's sort of taken more of an approach of this is going to be at the first, I was said it was going to be at least six months before we can get okay. back to normal. Mm. We, we, they only announced last night that we can have 100 people in a gathering. But that okay. is wow. that we're still maintaining a one person per four square metre rule. Even on the workplace okay. I'm on now, we don't have the bubblers, you know, water bubblers. We have bottled mm. water. Yep. So for, the, for uh. all these months, um, even in lunchrooms, we have to stay one and a half metres apart even though we're working right next yeah, to okay. each other. So, uh, yeah. our, our, yeah. All right. Uh, we're going to let you go back to work, wow. but I want to close on this. You just referenced being four meters apart, one and a half meters apart. We have no damn idea what that means. <laughs> no, no, that's almost six feet. It's almost six feet. Yeah. That's right. 
I do well, know that one, Gene. I do know that one. <laughs> three feet, three, three feet, feet a meter, yeah. or two feet for a meter. Two feet. I still meter. reference feet and inches yeah. all the time. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Jason, how are how are you guys? I just want to ask real quick: How are you guys recovering from the wildfire uh, wildfires earlier? Oh, that how is, how is yeah, that disappeared going? very quickly, didn't it? Um, yeah, yeah didn't those it? fires devastated our wildlife. There was a lot of people who have lost a lot of homes. Um, oh. Yeah. It sort of went from that straight into this COVID. Um, yeah. But yeah. They is, are, is, there still a, is there still a metered response there to the fires, even though the COVID response, I'm, I'm sure, is probably well, taking precedence? Yeah, they managed, to, they managed to get rid of the fires, thankfully. Um, and then what they've done is they've used those volunteer firefighters and the fire brigades and now controlling the borders and checking people. I'll be darned. Oh. Yeah. Wow. There's a lot of controversy on that. I can see. Uh-huh. I can imagine. All right. Well, we want to thank you very much, Jason. Uh, we love you, bro. We're glad you're a listener. And uh, we hope this to- is really a, a boost for your career. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we should send you a plaque that you can put on your wall. <laughs> listener yeah, of the go. month. You should. Absolutely. Well, well good you- guy, Jason. Good luck. Yeah, thank you, you are. And whether you want it or not, Jason, you're going to be receiving a signed photo from Judge Jerry Springer. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. All right. There you go. Thank you very much. There you go, buddy. Thank you, man. You You go back to work. Thanks, guys. Bye. Yep. See you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was fun. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll... yeah, we'll do more Very of those. Nice. Uh, yeah. We do have we have somebody from Ohio coming up. We have somebody after that from England, and then they're they're just it's. Look, I'm not going to whine about it. I created this, and I know it's taking a lot of my time to sort through all the. Interviews, <laughs> but I'll, but I'll I'll do it. I'll handle this. So, yeah, uh, yeah, and, and and we admire you for that, Gene. That's right. I mean, the Thank way you, you just hunker down and get it done. That's right. Thank you. <laughs> Relentless. <laughs> We got we got to learn how to do this this European Australian <laughs> South American yeah, thing that, yeah. meters and all that Celsius. We didn't look that. real knowledgeable. I, I have no time for any of that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I no we time looked, for that. We <laughs> really look kind of, we look slow. <laughs> we look slow. Yeah. Bunch yeah. of dumb shits, you know. Yeah. <laughs> he's gonna leave. He's gonna go back and say, "Those Americans." I don't know. <laughs> oh, really? Really? Hey, yeah. well, I'm nice guys. You, nice guys. Yeah, I ask you something real fast, uh, Jerry, uh, for a serious thought. But I will tell you, when I hike the Camino Trail in Spain, and I'm hiking this trail with people from all over the world, literally. I, the, actually, there were relatively few Americans. People from were yeah. from everywhere. And I felt so stupid. I couldn't yeah. figure out what day it was, what the temperature was, and everybody <laughs> speaking, you know, two and three and four languages each, and I could barely speak English. It's yeah. horrible. I know. It's, it's, oh, man. We've been sheltered. We really we, have. And, and you know what? It's in these people would defend me because they, they, is I got to know people and I would always joke about this and they say, Oh, calm down, man. You know, you live in a country where you have no borders. It, not totally true. By the way, we have the Mexican border where there is a different language, Canadian, we speak the same language and they say, we're forced to um, learn all these languages to survive. We're oh, forced sure. to. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, anyway, Hey Jerry, uh, 
get, you know, every week, in fact, as we march towards the November election, uh, it ramps up even more with just things exploding all around us, political things, COVID-19, civil unrest, you know, reverberations from that, changing of the Mississippi flag we were talking about right before the show. Uh, what did you see this week uh, that you're willing to share with us? Well, there's, there's no other way to put it. Americans are now living through what appears to be the total and complete collapse of our federal government. I mean, just within the past week, we see the disintegration of our economy, the corruption of our attorney general, the unbridled assault by an incompetent, mentally diminished, emotionally unstable president, relentlessly seeking to racially divide our country while ignoring or denying a pandemic that has already killed over 125,000 Americans and is now spiking at over 35,000 new cases a day. We see all this while Trump, overwhelmed, insists on holding indoor rallies, devoid of social distancing and masks, and taunting those who do. The consequence of his behavior is that we now have the worst record by far of any nation in the world in terms of the spread of this virus. Indeed, the only country in the world whose uh, national government is refusing to protect its citizens. You can't make this stuff up. Whether it's by incompetence or design, this illegitimate president and his acolytes who didn't even have the courage to leave the administration or speak out when they had the chance, have now brought pain and suffering and a heartless neglect to our people in such large numbers that it can hardly be a surprise that in virtually every poll now taken, Biden is cleaning Trump's clock by double digits from 12 to 14 points. And yet, those of us who love and fear for our democracy can't help but think of 2016, when at the same time of the year, we likewise thought that there was no way Trump could win. This is our reoccurring nightmare, that we're going to have a repeat of 2016. But hoping that I don't have to eat my words again and recognizing that there's still a little over four months till the election, this is why I think this year, 2020, will be different. You see, we follow an historical pattern in America, not one we should be particularly proud of. It has to do with race, deeply embedded in our national DNA that we have so much trouble excising. Every time we have a generational move to racial equality, there inevitably follows a counter-reaction. From the Civil War's freeing of the slaves came generations of Jim Crow, the Black Laws, enforced segregation, the KKK, and lynchings. Then came the Civil Rights Movement. Oh, this is great. The marches, the sit-ins, resulting in the Civil Rights Act, the Voting Rights Act, the Public Accommodations Act. This was all wonderful. But reacting to that progress, America suddenly turns to Nixon and Reagan. The demonizing of blacks, the labeling welfare recipients as welfare queens, of Nixon reaching out to the silent Americans, a euphemism for whites, 
and Reagan announcing his candidacy for president in Philadelphia, Mississippi, the county where three civil rights workers were murdered by the KKK. And Reagan never once mentioned during his speech, he never mentioned these guys, nor did he mention civil rights. He just talked about how he was for states' rights. Imagine going to Philadelphia, Mississippi, and that's what he decided to talk about, a dog whistle to white supremacists. A decade later, the Dems finally got back to the White House with a middle-of-the-road white Southerner, Bill Clinton. But when 16 years later, it appeared racial progress got to the mountaintop with the election of Barack Obama, a significant part of our country at some level just couldn't accept a black president. And once again, what seemed like a positive step forward with racial justice and the election of Obama was followed by a not so subtle racist reaction. We got Donald Trump with his blatant appeal to white supremacists, ban the Muslims, walls to keep out those dirty Mexicans, block, block uh, blacks from voting, neo-Nazi marches, good people on both sides, disparaging names and insults for minority and ethnic groups. And while inciting hatred towards minorities, don't forget women, Hillary Clinton, that flaming liberal do-gooder, she'll just be an extension of Obama. And as terrible as all this is, it got him to the White House. So why do I say it won't happen again? Because you see, Trump only has one play in his playbook, and that is bigotry and race. All those seething with racial discomfort toward minorities and the seeming establishment that protects them, they had a horse to ride on, a horse to bet on, a horse named Trump. But this time, there's no, there's no Obama. There's no Hillary. There's just this old middle of the age, middle of the road white guy named Biden that you can't get people to hate or feel threatened by. At Trump rallies, they don't even sell anti-Biden t-shirts. It's still anti-Hillary, anti-Obama, those left-wingers, the squad. With no one to hate or fear, there's only Trump and his performance to observe and judge. <clears throat> and what most people see is a weakened, broken, stumbling man who's lost a step or two, overwhelmed by a failing state, a crumbling economy, a scandal-riddled administration, and a runaway pandemic that's already killed twice as many Americans as we lost in Vietnam. All this with no end in sight, and he doesn't have a clue as to what to do. With racism being his only weapon, the only weapon in his arsenal, I'm betting that thankfully it won't be enough to overcome the reality of his incompetence. The only thing people are looking at. Four months and counting. Yeah. <clears throat> Good thought, Jerry. 
We appreciate that. I right. never knew about the Philadelphia, the Philadelphia, Mississippi incident with Ronald Reagan. That's a little piece of history I didn't know. And I had yeah, that. He, in 1980, wow. that's where he announced for, for president. And imagine, I mean, why in the world yeah. of all the places in America for Reagan to announce would he pick that town? Amazing. <clears throat> Amazing. It, all right. This racism, you know, we like to think it's just Trump. No. Yeah. It's been, it's the Republican Party early on in, in the mid 20th century decided to hook up with white supremacists. They thought this was a ticket for their elections. Yeah. Yeah. And they did it with no conscience. And now, of course, we see what they have sown. And yep. with the changing demographics, which march on in America, long term, mm. it was a uh, losing strategy. And they may not have seen yeah. that coming, but it's obviously uh, coming. It's here. All right. So uh, I hope so. Let's uh, talk some music. And uh, we're very happy to have Casey Campbell, who needs no introduction. But let me just at least say for any new listeners, which we're always anxious to have add on to our right. group of listeners, Casey is our music coordinator, but also has been joining us of late uh, on the show, which we love since we're still, you know, separated into our homes. He's out in a place called Warren County, Ohio. I'm in uh, Ludlow, Kentucky. Jerry's down in Florida. And uh, Casey is, uh, in his own right, a great singer-songwriter. And so we've been uh, oh, sort of utilizing him last number of weeks to hear his music. We're going to do that again uh, tonight. And we didn't even hike his pay, did we? No. Well, no, you no. didn't. Well, we got to take a look at that. <laughs> Man, you got to get an agent. Yeah. <laughs> the amount of times we're I using do. you. Woo. <laughs> hey, Casey. Come on. Bring your A game. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <laughs> hey, Casey, what are you. Fair, I'll step it up, dude. Uh, what are you going to do tonight? <laughs> what song are you gonna, have you brought us? Uh, I am going to do. We're gonna. Uh, I'm gonna have Dave play a tune off of my first uh, solo album. All right. Did a song called August First, 2011. That's the name of the song and the day it was written. I uh, co-wrote it with a good friend of mine, uh, Stephen Williams, out of Jacksonville, Alabama. Oh, yeah. In the summer of 2011, I uh, went to hike the Appalachian Trail. That was my intention to hike the entire thing that summer. Yep. Um, I had to get off uh, much earlier than expected for <clears throat> some medical issues. And so I ended up back home in Alabama to sort of spend some time and figure out what was going on and figure out where I was going next. Cause I was sort of, you know, wandering around at, at that point, at that point, my plan <laughs> was to wander through the woods for six months. Yes. And so when I couldn't do that, then uh, I had to come up with a new plan. So, um, so this song, uh, Stephen and I ended up, uh, over the course of the end of that summer, writing a bunch of songs. And this song is one that we wrote and I especially like sort of the last, there's sort of a, a last section of this song, which is at the very end. It's sort of the last minute and a half where it changes the form of the entire song. But it just repeats the line of, uh, I, uh, don't you know, I want to be there um, at the very end when I'm tipping my hat to the world's last song. Nice. And so I just always sort of like the imagery of that and. You know, I don't know. Sounds good. Uh, embrace embracing Super. the chaos a little bit. And, so and that's this tune right. Give now. us a title. Did you say August eleventh, two thousand and August first, two thousand eleven. Two thousand eleven, August first. All right, Casey yep. Campbell. Let's hear it.
I play my song every night for red taillights and transvestites in the subway. Concrete, it don't leave a track like an old dirt road when I was barefoot walking. Trees of steel don't bend against the wind time and again I hear them talking to me. Small town never stood a chance to cage a man who's dead without his freedom. From the man you knew before I'm a long way from home Well, it's hard to go to work for just a check When I checked out long ago It's time to cut these strings on all the useless things That hold you down so long Waste a year, you wake and ask yourself, where did the time go? Dreams like empty cans are scattered long around the high grass of your dirt road. That's Casey Campbell doing a song off his first album, and the title of the song yeah. is August 1st, 2011. Uh, thank you, Casey. I wanted to ask you a question. We're going to ask you thank to you. take us out on Down by the Riverside. Jerry will sure. join in on that. I wanted to ask you something, though. You mentioned before we started uh, the podcast, when we we're just sort of hanging out together, uh, that mm-hmm. you 
got back. Uh, so here we are on June 30th, uh, to, uh, 2020, uh, right That's still right. in the middle of this pandemic. Uh, and you mentioned that you just got back into the studio today or this week. This past this week. This past yep. week. Correct. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell us, uh, number one, what, what were you doing? And two, uh, how was it in light of, I know you are being cautious just like I am and Jerry, uh, we all are about uh, not getting COVID-19. So what were you doing and how did it go? Well, um, I was uh, asked to record and uh, become part of a project, uh, uh, hopefully ongoing, of a singer-songwriter based out of Cincinnati. Her name's Sarah Asher. Okay. And uh, it's a sort of an indie indie rock sort of sound a little a little more of um a little more contemporary rock sound yeah. but uh very much still in the singer songwriter vein of lyrics and things like that um so i was asked to be a part of this project and uh we we were in the studio for 3 days um d- cutting uh, five separate tracks and doing some overdubs and things like that it was a wonderful experience it w- it was so the studio uh, is based in north carolina and uh, in asheville north carolina and so the, honestly, my over the entire trip, my m- most uh, uncertain moments were being at places like gas stations, yeah. you know, <laughs> on the interstate yeah. and stuff. Well, uh, sure. We had we had an Airbnb uh, that that was uh, accommodating to everyone with plenty of room without feeling like we were crowded or having to be like on top of each yes. other. And then once we were in the Uh, studio space the studio had been very we were only i think the second or third project that they had uh, began recording since the the pandemic and so they had been very conscientious of having their their uh, guests and musicians wearing masks anytime you were not in the live room behind your gear or in an isolation booth Uh, they had no uh no common areas you could be without a mask they had hand sanitizer everywhere they had uh, doors propped open when you didn't have to necessarily grab a door handle things like that they were they had just been very very conscientious about it and that information knowing going going forward uh, that information actually made me comfortable enough to decide to do it i've been I've been very wary about getting out. I mean, I'm not immunocompromised in the sense of I have an ongoing issue, but uh, actually that year of hiking the AT, I had some uh, health issues that were kind of, kind of serious. And so I was told from that point on, I do need to maybe be careful and cautious of things. And so I think of older and I think of older folks that I may have in contact, you know, I may have contact with my mother-in-law or with a uh, particular neighbor, things like that. And so we've been very, very conscious about it. And, uh, their, their, uh, their uh, precautions in the studio really led me to feel comfortable doing it. It's funny. And I know Jerry, you'll agree with us. It's, it's, you feel better. Those of us who have been conscientious Mm -hmm. about this, that when you're around other people who share that and I feel uncomfortable when I'm around people that just blow it off because frankly, I can't trust, I can't trust them. And exactly. And so that's why I wanted you to tell that story. (laughs) You were working with some people that shared your values and therefore you were able to make that trip and uh, make some money and do it without freaking out. I wish uh, everybody could do that. Yeah. And Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Jerry. No, I was just saying the only time we ever go out, yes, Mickey and I, is either to the forgot. grocery store once a week or to the drugstore, yeah. the pharmacy. Mm-hmm. And 
if, if we see people not wearing a mask, I mean, we clearly avoid <laughs> yeah. them, but it's yeah. also annoying. Yeah, it is. I, I mean, I admit, I get, I mean, I don't talk to them, but I, I, I kind of get up, you know, how see you guys. insensitive yeah. do you have to be? And then you see some of these people being interviewed and saying, it's a free country and, you know, I'll take the risk. It's not you. Yeah. It's that you may give it to someone else. Right. I, yeah. I totally agree. You know, with even if right. you don't care about yourself, how can you go around getting other people sick? It's, it's amazing. That's exactly right. Well, that's yeah. why I brought that up with Jason uh, Comins, our guy that we had on earlier, listener of the month of what's it like in Australia? Americans have this, this unique spirit that on the one hand has served us well at times, and other times it's just a pain in the ass and, and borderline dangerous. Yeah. And I think this is one yeah. of those times when yeah. these people are like, you can't tell me what to do. It's a free country. I do whatever the hell I want. And that is, yeah. uh, and then we wonder why uh, Dr. Fauci, again, we're doing this on uh, June 30th, recording this, but I think yesterday, day before said, we may be seeing, you know, uh, what do you say? A hundred thousand cases. Okay. Yeah. That's the headline. Yeah. That's the yeah. Fauci just said. We could be seeing a hundred thousand cases a day. A day. Yeah. yeah. Oh my yeah. God, it's unbelievable. And it's that it's that idea of willful ignorance. You know, yeah. it's, it's yeah. something something within a, a portion of American culture says, "I know better <laughs> than the people that are the actual experts yeah. on this matter." Yeah. Scary man. And I understand. And I understand that you know the science science can get complicated in the sense of like it's very fluid, and you know we're dealing with a new illness we're dealing with a new pandemic here and so science is learning as we're all going on and so there's some information that comes out that may get retracted or yeah. updated, updated things like yeah. that. so i under i understand that people have maybe some confusion but the idea that the idea that folks are just instantly ready to disregard the information of the top experts from across the globe it just blows That's my scary. mind. And it's just exactly what you were talking about is that sense of self-serving and well, it's a free country yeah. and to hell with you and I can do what I want. Well, you can do what you want, but you could, uh, I mean, you could also go walk into the middle of the road during uh, rush hour traffic. You can do that if you want to, but the experts are going to tell you that's probably not. A yeah, good yeah. Physics comes into I play. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just don't get it. You know, I just don't get it. Well, all right. Then you can hear Casey, uh, Lots of places, wherever there's music, he's there, right, Casey? Spotify, That's iTunes, right, yeah. and Casey, C-A-S-E-Y-C-A-M-P-B-E-L-L, and there is another Casey Campbell. Differentiate, please. That's right. There's another Casey Campbell based out of Nashville, Tennessee, and he plays a lot of mandolin. Yep. He seems like a really nice guy from what I understand, but that's not me. Okay. So, and, uh, but you can, you can, you can uh, support us both. Just consider, just consider it a... Uh, yeah. All right. Keep it in the and Casey Campbell's. You have more hair on your face. <laughs> I do have more hair on my face. Probably a little yeah. more tucked behind my head, too. But yeah. Not, yeah. Not here, so. All right. Uh, Casey Campbell's going to take us out on Down by the Riverside. Here we go. Here we go. I'm going to lay down my heavy load. Down by.
my sword and shield Down by the riverside Down by the riverside Down by the riverside I'm gonna lay down my sword and shield Down by the riverside Down by the riverside Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song and to you for listening. Check out our website at jerryspringer.com.